time to worship our awesome God. Amen. He is so good to us. He is so good to us. I love that we can be redeemed through the blood of Jesus. Amen. He is so good and we can get to the Father through him. Thank you, Lord. You are good and we bless your holy name. Amen and amen. Here we go. Would you be free from your burden of sin? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you or evil a victory win? There's wonderful power in the blood. Would you be whiter, much whiter than snow? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Sin stains are lost in its life-giving flow. There's wonderful power in the blood.
we can come to the Father through Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You have come. Amen. Our God is a miracle working God. He is always up to something good for us, for you and me. And this week I got some great news. I've got a cousin who last year had a major surgery having cancer removed pretty much from here to here. And um, it was a very aggressive form of cancer. But this week she went back because they had seen some spots on her lungs. And she went back and had a test, and they said, you know what? This is not that aggressive cancer. This is something else, and your body's already taking care of it. Of course, we know God's taking care of it. Amen? He is always up to wonderful and awesome things on our behalf, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Come, let us worship our King. Come, let us bow at His feet. 
so awesome to see what you do. You are beautiful, God. You are beautiful, God. Mm. Lord, yours is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor forever and ever and ever. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. 
you love him praise him praise him praise him lord we love you we bless your holy name i want to hear you i want to hear you praising your god thank you lord thank you lord thank you lord he loves to hear you praising him thank you lord thank you lord thank you lord the bible says that we should submit ourselves to the Lord. That we should come near to Him and He'll come near to us. That we should humble ourselves before Him and when we do, He lifts us up. It's, it's the opposite of what the whole world is telling us. It's supposed to be all about me. But if I make it all about Him, then He'll lift me up. Same is true for every one of His children.
sign of surrender hands up in the air hearts open wide to whatever God has in store in there for whatever he's got because it's going to be awesome
trouble-free, but it'll be more awesome than it will ever be on your own. Lord, help us to just open our hearts to whatever you have for us, for this life in general, and for this service this morning. Lord, it's not a mistake that we're here. It's not a coincidence. You have a word specifically for me, specifically for every person in this room. Help us to open our eyes and our hearts to you today, Lord. Help us to, when we hear something that steps on our toes, not to close up, but to run to that word that is going to make us better, make us more like you. I believe you've got great things in store for every life in this building and for everyone watching on Facebook. If we will open our hearts to you, if we will surrender and make room for what you have got for us. Lord, I'm trusting you and believing you for great and mighty things and great testimonies to come out of this service today. And I just pray that everyone will just be open, just be open, just be open and be focused, focused on the thing that is the most important, becoming more like you and doing your will. Lord, I love you. I bless you. I'm so grateful for who you are, that you love us so dearly, and that you have a good plan, and you are sharing that with us. Help us to hear and help us to obey. I praise you, and I thank you, Father, in Jesus' holy and powerful name. Amen. Amen, amen. Give him a hand clap of praise. Tell him how much you love him. He's good, amen. Thank you, Lord. Good morning, PCA. Those of you that haven't been seated, you may be seated. I had, uh, in doing what I do someplace, I try to memorize everything. And I have a list of stuff that I was going to say. And then you get up here. If I was sitting at home watching this on TV, I would be crying right now. I can't go to a movie with my girlfriend because I cry at all of them. We went to see the uh, girl who believed in miracles. And I'm crying all the way through it. The Lord just works on a heart and changes it. I used to be just so rock solid against any of this, what my last ex-wife used to call holy rollers. It is amazing. It's fantastic. I used to think you only sang songs out of a songbook. Then I went to a promise keepers meeting. Oh, my goodness. Your whole spirit is lifted up. I know I still wear a suit, but I have so many of them I have to. And that's, are you going to preach, brother? Oh, come on up here. Come on down. This... Um, we, first, we want to welcome all the guests that are here. If you haven't been here before, we'd like to have you fill out one of these PCA cards, VIP cards, whatever it is, because we want to know more about you as you come into our church home. We want you to be a part of it and to stay a part of it. We do this every Sunday. It caught on, and we just keep doing it. Also, next Sunday evening at 6 p.m. is kind of a special time. We are going to have a chance to vote on a man who can lead us for the next five years in this church. Right. 
I can wait. <laughs> Let me tell you. Now, I don't know if any of you all know, but we just got through a pandemic, or we're still in it, depending on who you're talking to. This church prospered. If you were here a couple of weeks ago at the business meeting, this church prospered. Now, we closed down for a couple of months. That's where we all learned how to go to church in our underwear as we sat at home and watched it. But then we opened up. I was at the front door one time, and there was a woman out there sitting in her car. I was waiting for her to come in. She never did. As soon as about 10.50 or 10.45, she wrote something down, and she left. Well, she was one of those that goes out to see who's doing what they're not supposed to be doing. That's what she did. So let's remember that. If you think that your vote doesn't count, and there was, it was brought up because of last Easter, there was a town where the city council got together and decided that they didn't want to have the Easter bunny displayed in the city hall anymore because they didn't want to favor Christianity over the other religions. Now, which chapter and verse is the Easter bunny mentioned in? Somebody voted those people in. Remember that. Come out next Sunday evening at 6 p.m. Let's lead this church forever upward where it's going. Another way you can help this church to prosper is by giving your tithes. I've said it many times, pressed down, shaken together, and overflowing. That's what you get back. And he only asks for 10%. If we can get the uh, purple bag boys, are they here? Come on forward, boys. If your bag's full, come on up anyway. There's no limit Sunday. This is no limit Sunday, by the way. We take cash or check in the offering. Brian Wiseman mentioned what a check was, for those of you that don't remember. Kiosk by the welcome desk. The website, PCAChurch.com, PCA app, or text PCA Church to 1-844-390-2401. Everybody repeat that one. No, never mind. Don't forget, next Sunday at 6 p.m., please be here to vote. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that we can come into your house. Dear Lord, you've given so much to us. This is our chance to give back such a small part. Take it, bless it, use it as you will, and remind everyone next Sunday at 6 p.m. Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, good morning, PCA. This past Friday and Saturday night, our, some of our youth went to Fine Arts down at Mustang, Oklahoma. They did an amazing job, and I wanted to give them recognition on their performances. Uh, Angel Randall did a excellent, received an excellent rating on her woodwind solo. And Trinity Bagley, um, which it, um, who's not here today, received a superior with invitation to nationals for her 3D art, as well as award of merit, which means she was the best in her division. So to give her a round of applause. Lila Pilcher, she had a visual art two-dimensional painting, and she got a good rating. So give her a round of applause. And Madeline Pugh received an excellent in photography, digital junior, visual art, alternative media, and also painting and drawing. So give her a round of applause as well. And also Emma Pena received a uh, an excellent on her visual art two dimension on for painting and drawing as well. So give them all great support. They put in a lot of work 
So thank you all for all your support and all the youth and their fine arts. We will hopefully have an even bigger group to do even better next year. And we're just great to, that they're able to show their gifts and talents that God give them and to share them with our district. So let's give them all a round of applause. Amen. Great job. Great job. It is awesome to see our youth involved in the creative arts, right? God's a creative God. He created you. Amen. What a great job he did on you. Stand with me this morning. Take your Bibles and let's get ready. Don't have an Easter hangover today. Sometimes after Easter Sunday we go, oh, it's not Easter. But today's the house of God day, man. This is a day. So today we lift up our Bibles and repeat this after me. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. Thy word is a light unto my path. Thy word will I hide in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Lord, help me every day to read thy word. Lord, help me every day to live thy word. I love thy word. And dear Lord, help the pastor. Amen. God bless you. So great to have all of you here on an Easter Sunday after. I think, make sure you're listening. It's great to be here the Sunday after Easter. We celebrated and we had a great week last week of productions and all those things every night and, and then the Easter Sunday and then egg hunts and all those things. And so sometimes the Sunday after like, no egg hunts? What? No, no special productions? Well, not today because the only production is God, right? God is always on display in his house. And so today if you have your Bibles, I want to talk about the title of my message is The Template. The Template. How many of you know that God in the Old Testament did everything to shadow, foreshadow things that happened in the New Testament? It was a beautiful picture in the Old Testament. It came to reality in the New Testament and now lives in all of us today. That's how God works. And so today I want us to understand the template. The temple is a template of our lives. In the Old Testament, God designed and then man built a temple. And the temple is a template or an example of what our lives are supposed to be today. So if you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Corinthians 3.16. Don't you know? How many of you know this today? Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple? So in the Old Testament, the temple was made by man's hands. In the New Testament, the temple is made by God's hands. And that God's spirit dwells in your midst. How many of you are thankful for that today? We don't have a priest to go in once a year for our sins. We are the temple. The presence of God dwells in us. We have access 365 days a year. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse number 19. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you receive from God? You are not your own. We've been bought. We've been redeemed with a price. We are not our own. God owns us if we are his children. God has given us his spirit, and his spirit doesn't dwell in the temple in the Old Testament, but his temple dwells in us. We are the temple, and the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, inside of me. That's a powerful difference from the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, we had priests that were set aside, that were prayed over. They were called Levites. In the New Testament, every one of us 
are part of the priesthood. Every one of us can walk into the presence of God anytime we want, lay our petitions at his feet anytime we want. The access is unlimited. I love that part, transition from limited access to unlimited access. John chapter 7, verses 37 and 38. On the last and greatest day of the festival, this is the festival of tabernacles, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. On the last and greatest day of the festival. Wow, this festival of tabernacles was very important in the Jewish culture. Because in the Jewish culture, they remembered where they had come from. So for seven days, they would go and build huts, live in those huts, endure all the heat to remember the bondage that they once were in in Egypt. They never forgot that. Their forefathers gave them an example. We are here in bondage, but you are set free. Today, we are no longer in bondage, are we? We've been set free by the power of God, and whom the Son sets free is free indeed. But they did this to remember. The feast was there to celebrate the end of the harvest. So they had a great harvest, had a great feast. And part of this festival of tabernacles would be where the priest would go and get the golden flask and go and get water and bring it back to the people and symbolically take that glass and lift it on the last and greatest day of the festival and pour out the water before the people to signify the blessings and the anointing of God in their lives. How blessed they were because of the water sent from heaven that they now had a harvest. Ezekiel chapter 47, 1 through 5. Now Ezekiel in this part's having visions, okay? Sometimes Ezekiel is very hard to parse and, and understand because Ezekiel had a message then and there to those people who read that book and who read this manuscript but the message has a transcendence and it means something now to us here and now. So here's what Ezekiel saw in his vision. The man brought me back to the entrance of the temple. Who's the temple? We are today, but in the Old Testament it's God's temple. And I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple toward the east. From the temple faced east. The water was coming down from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. So the east and the south sides. He then brought me out through the north gate and led me around the outside outer gate facing east, and the water was trickling from the south side. As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits and then led me through the water. It was ankle deep. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through the water that was knee deep. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through the water that was up to my waist. He measured off another thousand, but now it was a river that I could not cross. Because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in, a river that no one could cross. This temple, Ezekiel saw this vision. And this temple is a template of our lives. This is how God has designed us to be. We are the temple of God. And so he saw water flowing from that temple. When Jesus and John came to this festival of tabernacles, what the priest in the Old Testament had done symbolically, 
pouring out the water. On that great day, Jesus himself stood and announced, I am the water. Jesus literally took a flask of water, poured it out in front of the people because they were gathered for the Feast of Tabernacles. And instead of saying the water is flowing from the temple in the Old Testament, he is now saying, wait a minute, that water that was flowing, that was me, the Holy Spirit. I am the one flowing. He is flowing as the water of life. And the Bible tells us that if anyone is thirsty, to come and drink. You see, the Jews in the past had ceremony. But Jesus is now replacing ceremony with the Christ. In the Old Testament, they had rituals. Jesus is now saying the rituals are dead, and now it's time for the Redeemer to come on scene. It's time today for us to stop having rituals in church. It's time that we have the Redeemer in the church. It's time that we stop going through all the ceremony and all the pomp and circumstance. It is time for have the Christ in the church. And we need today to understand you are the temple, I am the temple, and the water is flowing through us from God. The Holy Spirit today is bringing life and light, and we've got to be the ones to stand up and declare that he is life, he is light, he's the water, and if you are thirsty, come and drink. We cannot have any other way. So John chapter 7, verse 37, 38, I read it in the NIV version the first time. It said, let anyone who is thirsty. But I really believe the greater translation, we understand that the New Testament was in Greek. And we have different translations into our modern language today. But I believe the King James has it better in this one spot. King James Version, John 7, 37 and 38 says this. In the last day, the great day of the feast. Can you imagine the thousands of people that were there? Jesus stood and cried saying, if, not let. I believe that's an important distinction today. Yes, we do need to let people come. But first they have to be thirsty. If any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. The question is not God. The question is not Jesus. The question is if we are thirsty. If you are thirsty. If we. It's not dependent upon God. People sometimes say, oh, we just need God to pour out the Spirit. He's always pouring out the Spirit. The question is, if we are thirsty to come and drink from the Spirit. The question is never the source. Have you ever, really, ever, really, ever, really, really, really been thirsty? I have. I've really been thirsty. And growing up in Mississippi, guess what we do? Moms don't want us in the house. So you either find a water hose... Or you go to the creek because there's water there. Yeah, that, you go to the source. If you are thirsty, you see thirst is a very personal state of being. You may be thirsty right now. I may be thirsty, but we're all thirsty at different levels. You may be sitting here going, man, I am not thirsty at all. But since he started talking about it, I think I am. 
I started today to have a big pitcher of ice water with condensation on the outside and, and pour me a glass and just drink it in front of you, but I thought that would just be torture because then everybody's going to start leaving the auditorium and going to the water fountains and going to the cafe and getting something to drink. But the question is not the source. I want us to get this. The question has never been the source. It is always flowing. The question is if we are thirsty. Ezekiel saw a river flowing from the temple. Today we are the temples. Church, there must be a river flowing out of us of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because we have a society that is thirsty. They're trying to fill it with everything else in the world, but it will not quench their thirst. There is only one thing that will quench our thirst for life, and that is the Holy Spirit flowing through us, flowing to this society that's thirsty, but they don't even know what they're thirsty for. They need Jesus. I want you to listen to this. We do not need to persuade God. We need to permit God. It is always on us. Everything in the word of God is dependent upon us. If we do this, God will do that. If we draw near, God will draw near. If you are thirsty, come and drink. There's plenty. It's flowing. And you decide not only if you drink, but you decide as to which level of thirst you are. Ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep. I just want to swim. Wherever the depth is, God is always providing unlimited water. In the New Testament, the Holy Spirit's equated to fire. It's equated to water. And every time, there is an unlimited source flowing, flowing, flowing. For re weeks, I preached on a series entitled The River, talked all about it. But this is a little different because the river flows from the temple through the east door and the south side. The east door and the south side both face the sun. This water is not cold. This water is heated up by the Son of God. I love the east doors. As a matter of fact, we came from New Mexico, and, and in that Native American culture, the Navajo culture, all of their hogans were built with one door facing east. Why? Because in their culture, they would open up the east door, and the good spirits would flow in, and there was a window in the west wall, and the bad spirits would go out. But also, I learned when we bought our home, it's always good to buy a home facing south because it is passive solar. The sun in the wintertime moves to the south and faces it, and man, it'll heat your house up if you let it. And so God is saying to us today, we are not to be cold. As a matter of fact, in Revelation, he said, don't even be lukewarm, but be hot for God. Be on fire. Drink this warm presence of the Holy Spirit. I've heard so many people through the years tell me, I felt the power of God, Pastor, and it just warmth all over my body. Why? Because it's a river flowing, and it's flowing from the east door and the south side, and God heats it up. Why? So that we will be on fire. Our God is a consuming fire. He wants us on fire. He wants us heated up. He doesn't want to give people a cold shoulder, and neither should we. We should warmly invite them in so they can drink, because I'm telling you, people are thirsty today. The river was warm. I love that. And growing up in Mississippi, the river sometimes would go swimming in the creek. 
You know what a creek is? In the rivers. And sometimes it was cold. We had a swimming pool in Texas, and sometimes it was cold. And guess what Miss Sandy would do? I would go out and get in the, the, by the steps and put my toe in and take a step in and take another step and take me like 15 to 20 minutes to get in. Miss Sandy shut the back door of the house and ran and jumped in the deep end right off the bat and just got it over with. She'd jump, whoo, <sighs> Yeah, I like to kind of sneak up on it a little bit. But I wound up in the deep end. Today, we've got to understand we need depth in our relationship with God. It starts out in the shallow, just up to the ankles, but every 500 feet that was measured out, it got deeper and deeper and deeper until finally you could swim. You know what I found out about people that just coming into God? I found that Christians can be a mile wide and still only be about an inch deep. Man, I found Christians that have been in the church their whole life and their depth is still ankle deep. You know what happens in ankle deep water? It gets muddied up. Yeah. How in the world could you ever be satisfied in ankle deep water? If it's hot, I want to get all the way in, don't you? But in ankle deep water, things just get muddied up. And I have found a lot of people who come into the church and get saved, all they do is muddy up theology. All they do is muddy up everybody else's attitude. And nobody can clearly see the truth anymore. Why? Because they've, they're asking all these questions and they don't even know the answers themselves. But they're trying to come up with, they're just in ankle deep water. We need to understand those of us that are in the deep end, we got to help those in the shallow end to come on in. Get a little deeper, because the deeper you get, the less mud there is. The deeper you get, the more you understand. The deeper you get, the more fun you have. Oh, I don't know who in the world would be satisfied just in ankle-deep water. If you take me to the creek, I'm getting out in the middle and swimming. Yeah, you may splash a little bit around in the shallow water, but guess what? There's also snakes hanging out in the shallow waters. I remember in, in Mississippi growing up that we'd be out there swimming, all of a sudden somebody holler, Snake! Out of the river for a little bit. We spotted it, it swam on through, and then we got back in. Yeah, those snakes, they like the shallows. A lot of times people like shallows. They don't want to get committed to anything. They don't want to grow. They want to get any depth in the relationship. They just want to come in and muddy it up for everybody else. I've seen those people in church, and I want to tell you, we've got to get deeper. We cannot be an inch deep and a mile wide. We've got to be a mile deep and an inch wide, church. Ezekiel chapter 47, verse 8. Then he said to me, these waters issue out of the east country and go into the desert. Wow. And then they go into the sea, which being brought forth into the sea, the waters shall be healed. You see, this water not only flows from the temple, but it flows down. Water always finds the low places. Water always finds Places where it's depressed. And I found through this pandemic, a lot of people have gotten depressed. Why? Because there is joy, hope, and peace when we gather together in the house of God. You know, I want to tell you, just your car in the parking lot is a great testimony to people driving by. Because used to, last year, the parking lot was kind of empty. This year, it's full. And people say, well, something must be happening at that church. Because the parking lot looks full. Yeah. God wants us to understand that even if you get in the deepest, darkest depression of mankind, 
you're going to get the greatest flow of the Holy Spirit into your life. Hallelujah. I love this about God. No matter how far away, it flows into the... Did you know that there's a 1,300-foot drop from where this temple is down to the sea? That water's flowing down. It goes to the depressed places. And guess what happens when it gets to the depressed places? It fills it up. Fills it up. So today, if you're feeling any depression, if you're feeling like you're in a low place... You've got good news today. I've got good news. Why? Because the river of God is flowing and it's going to hit you first. It'll let you float up out of that depression. It'll bring you height in the low places. It'll give you hope and joy and peace again. It'll give you a reason to get out of your house with a smile on your face, take a bath, take a shower, shave, whatever it is. Why? Because God loves me and found me and poured his life into me. Hallelujah. I don't know how Christians can stay depressed for very long because the deeper you are, the more water and power and presence of God flows into your life. And I got to tell you, as the river gets stronger with going into depressions and low places, it gets more powerful. It gets more powerful. I love the power of water, don't you? Man, it cut through the land and created the Grand Canyon. What can it do in our lives when God's river begins to flow through us? Because he said you are to have rivers flowing out of you. Why? Because there's someone else in your life and you're directing that river toward them who could be depressed, who could be living life in a low place, who doesn't even know what it means to have God's presence in their life. And your river flows to them. You're in their life for a reason. It says it flowed down, and then it went to the Judean desert. Desert. I lived in it for 15 years. Guess what the desert does? Makes you thirsty. It's called a dry humidity. I mean, if people in New Mexico had a humid day, it was like 30% humidity. And they were walking around and going, oh, pastor, oh, man, it is so humid today. I'm like, what, 30%? Come on. You should go to Mississippi. We've never had 30%. You should live in Texas. You should live in Oklahoma. If we had 30% humidity, we wouldn't know what to do. Around here, it's at least 75 and 80%. I mean, you sweat when there's no water anywhere. But the desert is dry and hot and barren. And God said, in those places, the river's going to flow to you. Why? Because you're really thirsty and don't even know it. Sometimes our lives, we get placed into desert places and we feel like nobody around us is living for God. And, and man, it gets hot. Sometimes those discussions get real hot, don't they, at work? When everybody else does not believe in the way you believe. And, and sometimes you, you get a little parched, but guess what? The water's coming. The water's on the way. It goes right into the desert places. When it's dry, barren, and hot, he brings in that, and he says, if you are thirsty, if you are thirsty, there is enough water for you. Not only for you, but everybody around you. Everybody around you, you direct this flow toward them, and they can all come and drink and have life everlasting. And then it says it flows down into the sea. You know what sea it flowed into? The Dead Sea. Yeah. We are not to be receptacles only. The Dead Sea only receives water. It never lets any out. It has over a 70% more salt than any other water on the face of the earth. You know what grows there? Stagnations, algaes, all those things. There's no life in the Dead Sea. And if all we're doing is receiving the presence of God and we don't let it flow out of us, guess what? We're going to become stagnant. 
I've seen a lot of Christians get stagnant. They haven't experienced a fresh flow of the Holy Spirit in their lives in so long, and they get stagnant, they get critical, they, they, they muddy the waters up for everybody, they try to cause division and anger and bitterness and strife and jealousy and all those things. And, uh, you know what I don't know? I can't understand this. How can one person be shouting one moment and have a really bad attitude the next? I don't understand that. I don't understand how we can be filled with the Holy Spirit and then go outside and be gossiping backbiting. I don't understand that. I don't think that happens in the Word of God. He says, because when you become low in life or in depression, when you have gone through those hot, dry times, He will cause the water to flow to you. You just have to decide, am I thirsty? I've seen people for years in church go, we just need to, we just need to, you know, beg God to, to do something. And listen, we don't have to persuade God. We have to permit God. In our churches, we have to permit God to move. In our lives, we have to permit God to be there and to fill us and to give us power and to take us from the depressions to where we can float out of there and get to a higher plane in life, to take us from being barren and hot and dry and thirsty to where all of a sudden we begin to drink and begin to swim. Not much you can do in the shallow ends, but I found a lot you can do in the deep ends. When our kids were little, I would take them to the deep end of the pool all the time. And you know what we'd do? Flips. Flips. My kids would grab me around the neck, put their legs around my waist, we'd go to the deep end, and we'd just turn flips over and over. And we'd get through, and all of a sudden, it's come, Daddy, do it again. It's fun. You dive in the deep end. Isn't it fun to dive off a diving board and do flips and all that? It's awesome. It's fun. Don't dive in the shallow end. You'll hurt yourself. You could paralyze yourself. You can kill yourself. And some people want to dive in and they're only in ankle deep water. Don't do that. You got to dive into the Word of God, but only when you're in the deep end because sometimes you can make the Word of God get all muddied up and make it mean something it never meant. You got to get it over your head and have the time of your life. It is so much joy in the deep end. It is so much life in the deep end. It is so much hope. Why? I, the shallow end is just a way for me to get in. I don't stay there. I want to get in the deep end. Sandy just jumped. I wish I could do that. I will run and stop because I know it's cold. It's a place. Listen, church, you may be in the desert, but you will never be deserted. You may be in some hot, dry, barren times in your life when it comes to the presence of God, but he will never desert you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He's right there. The river is flowing. Just sometimes we don't see it. Sometimes we don't feel it. Sometimes we feel so far from God and we can't even sense his presence, but it's right there if you are thirsty if you are thirsty I gotta tell you if we do not replace our water you will die the human body can only go without water three to four days you can go without food over 40 days some of us are more worried about food than we are water our bodies are over 70% water it must be replaced. God has done all of this for a reason, for us to be dependent upon the water. 
in your life today, how dependent are you upon the presence of God? Is it something you can go a week without, a, a month without, or is it something like, I've got to have this every day? Every day, God help me to read thy word. Lord, help me every day to live thy word. I want to be the temple of the Holy Spirit. I want to have rivers, not just a little drip, not just a little stream that's about this. Day. I want a river flowing out of my life so that all those around me can look and drink and say, hey, isn't God good? The word of God says, taste and see that the Lord He." He is good. And we've got a society looking to fill their thirst, quench their thirst in every other part of this world, and they're still thirsty and don't even know it. And church, we've got the answer. It is the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. It is the only thing that will quench our thirst. Come on. Give God praise for the Holy Spirit today. Hallelujah. Churches no longer have time for the Holy Spirit. Say that again. We no longer have time for the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. We need a fresh drink. If you, sometimes I find my attitude getting a little stanky. You ever had that? Everything gets on your nerves? Yeah. I talked about it Wednesday night. When you get spiritually dry, you don't even want to come to church. You don't want to be around those Christians because they're all so happy. I don't want to be around happy people today. I don't want to be about somebody that's going to be talking about the joys of the Lord and isn't the love of Jesus something wonderful. I don't want to be around those people today. Yeah, you're dry. It's not their fault. It's your fault. You need to get a fresh drink of water to do you a lot of good because a fresh drink of water changes everything. It changes your perspective in life. It changes the way you feel. You get refreshed and revived and renewed. And all of a sudden you go, hey, I'm going to make it through another day. Isn't the love of Jesus something wonderful? I love God. I love his presence. I love his blessing. Wow, all of a sudden everything just changes when you get a fresh drink of water. It's a river. God flows. But guess what? I can stop a river. You can stop a river. We can restrict the flow of God in our lives. You see, we don't need to persuade God. We need to permit God. John chapter 7 verse 38, it says this, Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Sometimes we need to let that river wash out bad attitudes. Wash out cynicism, wash out all these things that can happen to us when we get around the people of the world and we don't have a fresh drink of water. That's why I love Wednesday nights. You, you, need, a, you need a fresh drink of water in the middle of the week. The temple is a template, and we are the temple of God. We are to have rivers flowing from within us, out of our bellies. We must have this or we will die. Ezekiel 47, 12 says this, Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on the banks of the river, both banks. Their leaves will not wither, neither will their fruit fail. Every month they will bear fruit because the water, the Holy Spirit, flows to them. Their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. Water causes fruit to show up. And guess what we are to do? Bear the fruit of the Spirit which is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, temperance, meekness. You know the fruit. 
we don't produce the fruit, we bear the fruit. But in order to bear fruit, you've got to have water. This morning I walked into the foyer and we got a beautiful live plant out there, but it was a little droopy. And I sat there and I looked at them like, man, that plant needs what? Water. So I took it over to the cafe, put some water into it. I'm not a plant person. I'm not anyone who should be in an arboretum. However, I put some water in it, and guess what? I put too much. So as I was walking back across the four years, dripping, dripping, I thought, thank you, God. Because once we get full, once we get more water than what we need, we start pouring out, pouring out. And the problem is sometimes we just get enough for us. You see, I probably shouldn't have put three gallons of water in there, but I didn't know. I mean, the pot's like this big, so I didn't know. But I wanted it to have enough. And sometimes we just get into the presence long enough just to get us happy. Just so we can drink and just so we can be filled. But that's not our role. Our role is for us to be so filled, we are overflowing. We cannot contain it all. When we go to work on Mondays, we, why are you happy? Man, how come you're not? Man, I'm, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. The blessings of God, the birds are singing. And when you're, when you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, the birds are singing. Somebody shut the birds up. Yeah. They're getting on your nerves, right? The birds are happy. How come they're happy? And they've got their little song. They're, they're <laughs> yeah, they wake me up in the morning. Because they understand their life depends upon God. If God doesn't feed them, they don't eat. We should wake up every morning with the realization that I cannot do anything outside of God. Everything that comes to me is a blessing from God. I'm not doing this. This is all flowing to me. Why? Because I permit God into my life. Wow. What causes the fruit to show up? It's the water. And I have found you don't have to beg Christians to bear fruit. I've seen people in the church when I was growing up, it's so funny. I thought it was funny, but then I realized it's really not. It's very serious. When I was growing up in church, the, the pastor would go, uh, who has a song for us today? Remember those days? Who has a song for us today? And they would all of a sudden call out, oh, uh, I believe Sister Jessica has a song. And Sister Jessica, what? I didn't get that memo before church. But she'd come up and sing. And I believe Sister Pat has a song. What? That Holy Spirit's not working in her life like it's working in mine at that moment, I can tell you that. <laughs> but they would do that and people would come up and listen. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, anybody got a song for us tonight? I cannot sing, but I'm going to. Because <laughs> the Lord says I'm joyfully making a noise. So for the next five minutes, nobody else volunteers. I'm making a noise in this house. Because I'm full of the Holy Spirit and I just can't keep it from flowing out. Yeah. You know what happens after that? People that can sing start raising their hand. Wait a minute, wait a minute. we got to get ready. We don't want him doing that again because it was horrible. But guess what? It was all done because something's flowing and I can't stop it. Well, I can, but I don't want to. I don't want to. It happens naturally. I have a real problem with people who don't bear fruit. We should be bearing fruit. If you're not bearing fruit, maybe you've cut off the source for your fruit. Your fruit because it serves as food. 
Yeah, the fruit of the Holy Spirit is your spiritual food. And not only for you, but for everybody else. Isn't it wonderful to come around? Ah, oh, here's a beautiful ripe apple. Here's a great banana, a grapes and orange, all these things. Why? Because not only you feed yourself, you begin to give source of life to everybody else. And all those fruit are filled with what? Water. It makes us a place for people to come and enjoy their time with us. Yeah. And then the leaves serve as healing. Yeah. I believe every Christian is a priest, and every Christian has the ability to pray for healing over anybody at any time. In the Old Testament, they had to take them to the priest. In the New Testament, you are the priest, and you get dispersed from this house every Sunday to go out into the world and make disciples, to go out into the world and give those that are hungry something to eat. Here's some fruit. Let me show you what God's done in my life. Here's something to drink. Here's a fresh glass of water. Not something stagnant and old and muddied up, but good, clear, cold water. And it'll heal. It'll heal all of our hurts. Anybody, if you have never been hurt in life, would you raise your hand right now as a testimony for all of the rest of us who have been hurt? Anybody not been hurt in here? I see not one hand. You know what every one of us have to have? Healing. Healing over all our hurts. Because if we're not careful... We'll let those hurts cut off the river in our life. I've been tempted many times to quit preaching and just go do anything else. And I'm sure at times you've been tempted, just stay home. I'm not going to be a... I mean, people are mean sometimes. Most people are really awesome, but there's a few stinkers in every bunch. And they will say the things that hurt you so much. And you and I, we need the healing leaves but the leaves are not present if there's not any river flowing through you and the water to make it produce the leaves. We've got to get sure to get out of the shallow end. So today the question is if, if. It's not about is there enough water. There's always more than enough and it's always flowing I mean, if the pastor gets up, and let's just say today, the sermon stinks to you. It's horrible message. Doesn't matter. The river's still flowing. The river's always flowing. It's not about us persuading God. It's about us permitting God. It's not about what kind of message was it today. It's just, am I going to drink? And if you are thirsty, you will find a way to drink. Because thirst is a very much driving force. When I'm thirsty, I get a little irritable. Yeah. When I'm thirsty, I'll stop doing whatever I'm doing to find some water somewhere. Even if it's at the river or if it's out of the water hose at the house, if I'm mowing the yard and I'm hot and dry, guess what? I'm not going inside and getting a glass and filling it full of crushed ice and getting, getting the bottle of water and opening up the Dasani and all that. No, I'm going to the water faucet, turning it on, and I'm drinking right out of it. And if that's gross for some of you, I'm sorry, but I'm thirsty. And if you are thirsty, you will drink. Yeah. You are the temple. Rivers flowing out of you changes not only you. Changes everybody around you. But it washes all the things that get brought into our life. Washes it out. A river is there to clean out the countryside. Yeah. You ever seen a river flowing strong? It's got all kinds of stuff in it. It's got big old roots, big old 
pieces of old dead trees floating down through there. It's got sometimes a cow, dog, I don't know, but there's a lot of stuff flowing down through there. Yeah, because it's cleaning out the arteries of the river. Yeah. And sometimes we need that powerful force of the Holy Spirit just to come in and wash all the junk out. All the debris of life, get it just washed out and cleaned out. Because when a river rushes and flows, when all of a sudden it settles back down, man, the banks are clean. The water's clear. And it's fun. Fun to be in the river. It's fun to take a good cold drink. Listen, we can do church today. We can do church. We've got all the songs, musicians, singers. We've got somebody that can get up here and speak. And you can say amen and go home. And we can do church in ceremony without Christ. We can do church in ritual. You can come every service. I can do something. Singers can sing. And we can do it out of ritual without the Redeemer. But we need Christ. And we need a Redeemer today. Some of you need healing in your bodies, but healing of your mind. Some of us need to get some things washed out. Because if you don't wash it out every now and then, it's going to kind of clutter up and becomes a blockage in your life. I'm telling you, I've seen it in my own life. you got to get in the presence of God. There's been times where my attitude has stunk, and I've got to come and get into the presence of God and say, God, I need you to wash me, cleanse me, and purify me, God, because I don't want this attitude. I don't want this hurt. I don't want to live like this anymore. I need a big drink of cold, clear presence of God to help me think straight, begin to get the right perspective, to help me begin to know that God is with and pouring out of me to somebody else. Because if all you do is give out, you're going to get dry yourself. And then you're going to be tired when people come to you and ask for advice. I don't know. I don't care. Do whatever you want to do. Doesn't matter to me. Or if you're full of the Holy Spirit, you say, you know what? God has a purpose and a plan for your life. Let me show you what the Word of God says. Just as I was reading this morning the Word of God, here's what the Word said to me. And you know why? He said it to me because I needed to say it to you today. Isn't it amazing how that works? I love that. Every time I read something in the morning, that day God brings somebody in my life that I need to say something to. It makes me look so smart. It's like, wow, that pastor knows everything. No, it just so happened that morning I got only... A, not enough for me, but I got some for everybody else. You got to do the same thing. You have to do the same thing. It's not about just for me. Lord, who's coming in my life today who's thirsty, who's hurting, who's dry, who's depressed, who's down life? We need to get them floating up. We need to get them back into the river, not just ankle deep. Not just knee deep, not just waist deep, but get out there where you're swimming. It's the warm presence of God. Amen. Thank God for the warmth of the Holy Spirit. He just wraps his arms around you and holds on to you. Would you stand with me this morning? If you're watching online, stand up in your living room, wherever you're at. If you're driving, don't. <laughs> but otherwise... I believe standing shows reverence to the presence of God. The question today is not, is there a God who loves me? The world is asking that today, but that's not the question. 
The question is not today, is there still a, enough source flowing? No, the source is always more than you can drink. You can swim in this. And I love this other fact. I just was reminded of this by God. I love the fact that there's only one source. There are no other tributaries flowing into this river. God is the only source. In a lot of our rivers today, as the river goes down, there's other tributaries flowing into it and makes it greater and stronger and more powerful. But the river that God has coming out of your temple, there's only one source. It is God. You cannot get this presence anywhere else. It will not flow into you from some other activity in your life. It will not. It's only going to flow when you get into the presence of God. We don't have to persuade God. We just have to permit God. And so today, I was very challenged this week by God. He said, would you give me time? I said, absolutely. And I had to apologize for taking my sermons right up to noon. So we got time. Don't worry about the time. I think we need to permit God. I don't want ceremony without Christ. I don't want ritual without Redeemer. Neither do you. Because if that's the case, we should just stay at home. But the Holy Spirit right now is wanting to flow into every one of our lives and flow as much as you let him. You control how much God comes into your life. I control how much God comes into my life. And I think it's time for all of us to open up the floodgates and just let God flood our lives. So for the next few moments, I want you to come to the altars, turn around, sit at your seat. But the altar is a wonderful thing. You know why? If you read this, it said that the water first flowed past the altar. The altar is a place of cleansing. The altar is a place to where all of our sins, all of our hurts, all of our pains can get washed away. And I don't think we can start anywhere else but the altar. It's a place of sacrifice. It's a place of cleansing. It's a place to get things washed out for good. So for the next few minutes, can we just, can we just be a church with a Christ? Can we just be a church with a Redeemer today? And let's just come around these altars and kneel for a few minutes and just begin to just allow God, permit God to do whatever God wants to do in our life. Would you come this morning and come and take a drink? The whole thing is if you are thirsty, if you are thirsty, come on church. I think it's been a time for today for us to come and drink. Take a drink. The woman at the well, Jesus said, hey, there's more water than just in this well. You're sitting beside a river, a redeemer, a healer. Just come and make yourself available. I believe God will do whatever God wants to do today. Just come on. Come on up real close. There's going to be other people coming behind you. And we don't want anyone to not find room today. Here is where I lay I'm not going to pray for you. I don't want anybody to bother you. and God. This is my surrender. Father, today pour out your spirit. This is my surrender. 
flow out of our bellies today. Hallelujah. And God, I will make for you. Hallelujah, God, today let us be a church that's not a ceremonial church, but a church that's filled with Christ. Let us today not be a church filled with ritual, but a church that is filled with the Redeemer. Hallelujah. That God, we don't leave here wanting today. We don't leave here pride. But God, we leave here filled with the Holy Spirit. God, let that warm presence of God flow through us right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, we want you in this house. You change everything. You bring life to the desert today. Hallelujah. God, if there are those in depression, God, lift them up through the waters of the Holy Spirit. Lord, if there are those who are at a low place in life, God, let the river flow to them today and lift them up on that water today so that they not only stand, but, Lord, they begin to swim in the presence of God. Hallelujah, God. Bring that great hope, great joy, great peace. Hallelujah. Here is where I lay it down. Every burden, every cloud. This is my surrender. This is my surrender. Here is where I lay it down. Every lie and every doubt. This is my surrender. Hallelujah. And I will make your presence upon us Lord for everyone that's thirsty let them find drink today hallelujah God I want you I want you Father hallelujah 
I want you, God. I want you today more than anything else. I'm ready to stop everything I'm doing in my life because I'm thirsty to come and, Lord, drink from the fountain today. To drink from the water, the living water of God today that I will never thirst again. Jesus said, come and drink. Hallelujah. 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 Come and drink. Church, come and drink for just a minute. Let him wash some things out of your life today. Hallelujah. Oh, let him just wrap his arms around you and hold you tight for just a minute. Hallelujah. 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 what we have to do we've got to permit God we've got to permit God you've got to permit God God I invite you find me here Lord as you draw me here desperate for you I'm desperate for you God, do this. 
praise and worship, Pastor Karen said this one word, submit. 
submit. And I thought, we submit to everything else in this world. I thought about my water bill, my electric bill, my phone bill, all these bills come to me. And guess what I have to do? Submit a payment. I submit a payment based upon how much I have used. Not how much is available, but how much I have used. And I think today we need to submit to God what is God's and we submit however much we have used of His presence and His power in our lives. How much power are you consuming? That's how much you can submit. You submit it back to God. I want to submit what I've been using. And sometimes if we don't use any, guess what? We don't want to submit. But if we use a lot, we expect the bill to be big. And so we're ready to submit a large amount. Why? Because I know I've used it. I'm ready to submit. And today I believe Jesus told us, give to Caesar what is Caesar's. Whatever has his image on it, give it to him. But whatever has the image of God upon it, Give that to God. Give that to God. And today, church, we want Christ a Redeemer. We want to submit. Give all that is God's back to Him. I love this church. And I want us to be an on fire. I want people coming in to want to drink. I want you leaving here. I want you telling her, oh, you should have been there. Oh, you should have been. Oh, man, it was awesome. Look what God did in my life. But what all He's doing in other people's lives, too. I'm so proud of these youth. They're submitting their talents to God. But I'm also proud of you. You know why? Because you're still here. That says, I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. I want more. And this week, I want you to take this book, and I want you to drink from it. Every day, get a drink. And I'll promise you what God will do in your life. He'll bring somebody in your life, and you go, whoops, I need to tell them this. I need to share this with them. And rivers will just start flowing out of you. And you'll feel that warm embrace of the Holy Spirit. You'll be like, wow, that was awesome. And then you need to call me up and say, Pastor, look what God did in my life today. Because I want to hear. I want to hear what God's doing in your life. Father, right now, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, I thank you, Lord, for a church that's thirsty. I thank you, God, for a church that it doesn't matter that it's 12 o'clock. I thank you for a church that says, hey, I'm hungry. I need fruit in my life so I can sustain myself and then sustain others around me. I want healing in my life so I can help others heal through all the hard times in life. I, I want to be able to help people out of depressed areas, to pick them up out of the low places in their life. I want to be the one to flood in their life and get them into the deep water. Why? Because it's so much more fun. Things don't get muddied up. You don't get hurt as much. You just have fun in the deep end of the river. God, I thank you for your word. Let it become alive like a sharp two-edged sword and let it go into our dividing spirit and soul. In your precious name we pray. Everybody shout it. Amen. Hallelujah. I'll see you.
We sure hope you were blessed by Pastor Bardwell's message. Join us anytime at PCAChurch.com and every Sunday at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City.